You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. I want you to look at the resurrection account here recorded for us in the Gospel of John. It says in verse 1, First day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Now we know that's a good thing, but you got to remember for Mary Magdalene, for those disciples, this was a shock. This is not what they expected. It says in verse 2, Then she, that's Mary, she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple, and they came. So this is the normal uh, account that we, we think about. Peter and John, they come running, they get there. <laughs> it's interesting, John records, he says, Yeah, I ran faster than Peter, you know. But he didn't go in. He was a little cautious, like, I'm not sure I want to go in. Peter just goes charging in, right? That was Peter's personality. It's like, uh, you know, talk now, uh, uh, act now, ask questions later. So he goes in and he comes out. He says, you got to see this, John. He's gone. And so they go and run and tell the other disciples. But notice with me verse number 11. This is what I want to draw your attention to. Somebody stayed behind at the tomb. In verse 11, here we see Mary Magdalene, who was the first one there that morning. Mary Magdalene, she stood without at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. It wasn't there anymore, but that's where he had been lain. Verse 13, and they say unto her, woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She supposing him to be the gardener, she saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him, or if you've carried him hence, Tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. She didn't realize it was Jesus while they were talking until Jesus called her name. Boy, I tell you, when Jesus calls your name, let me tell you, there's no mistake, it's Jesus speaking. And Jesus called her name, and then Jesus said in verse 17, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Our Father, I pray you'd speak to our hearts as we look at your precious word. I thank you that your word is powerful. I thank you that your word has the answers for every situation of life. I thank you that your word is relevant today in 2022. And I pray that you'd help us not to miss, help us to capture these truths that you have for us today. 
We thank you for the opportunity we have to study your word and may it uh, find a place in our hearts and may it do a powerful work. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Mary Magdalene is recorded by name in all four of the gospel records of the resurrection. Now that may not sound like a big deal, but Peter is not named in all four of the gospel records of the resurrection at the tomb. In one case, it just says the disciples came. John is not mentioned by name in all four of the gospel records of the resurrection at the tomb. The Bible says in uh, two of the gospels that, that there was Mary and there was Joanna and the other Mary, that there were several ladies that came, but they're not recorded in all four gospels. But Mary Magdalene is. You say, well, pastor, that must be because she... She was such an important person. She probably was very intellectual. She was probably very educated. She was probably very wealthy. She probably had a great family background. She had a great family tree. She had a great pedigree. You know, she was who's who. Oh, no. As a matter of fact, the opposite's true. The Bible tells us about Mary Magdalene that she did not have a good background. But aren't you glad that Jesus cares about everybody, regardless of your background, regardless of your past? Aren't you glad that Jesus takes time for people? I think it's interesting to me that after everybody left, Mary was still there. And, and Jesus took the time to come and to meet her in her need and to help her with what she was going through. Many times for, for some of us, I'll say some of us men, I won't say uh, husbands because, of course, well, you know, we, I think we take that for granted. We know that. But sometimes if your wife is crying, you don't ask. Sometimes if your wife is crying, you're like, I think I'm going to get out of the room, you know. But here Jesus shows up. Mary's crying. Mary's weeping. And Jesus said, hey, what's going on? What's, what, what's the situation? Why are you weeping? I'm glad Jesus cares about the individual. I'm glad that the Gospels record for us her name, Mary Magdalene. Now, I don't want you to say it loudly, but I want you to say your name first and last. Just to, you can whisper it, but on three, I want you to say your name first and last. Ready? One, two, three. Okay. Guess what? I didn't catch all those names, but Jesus already knows it. You didn't even have to say it. He knew you before you were ever born. He knows everything about you. He knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. He knows your motives. He knows your disappointments. He knows your goals. He knows your plans. He knows everything about you. And Jesus cares for you. I want you to see about Mary Magdalene, number one, her story. The Bible says in Mark 16, verse 9, that it was Mary Magdalene that Jesus had cast seven devils out of her. Now, friend, I want to tell you, if you got one devil, that's bad. If you got two, that's bad. If you got three or four, that's bad. But seven devils. Can I tell you, this was not a lady that you would have wanted to spend time with. This was not a lady that you would have wanted to be your BFF. This was not the lady that you ladies would say, hey, let's go out, let's have coffee, or let's go on a shopping trip, or let's have a little get-together. This was a lady that was shunned. 
This was a lady that was avoided. This was a lady that even her own family and her own friends and her own neighbors could not associate with because she was possessed by seven devils. Now, first of all, I want to say this, that uh, demons are real. Absolutely 100%. And I've known people that I believe were possessed or people that were oppressed by demons. But maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't have demons. What's this all about? Well, I'll tell you what this is about. If Jesus could heal somebody with seven devils, then he can take care of your problem. He can help you with what you're dealing with. Maybe your story, maybe your testimony is not quite as bad as that. But can I tell you, we all have a past and we all have a history and we all have things and problems that we face. And I'm glad that nothing is too big for Jesus to help. No sin is too great for Jesus to forgive. Jesus could do it for Mary and he can do it for you. Maybe your story is that you've been arrested. Maybe your story is that you've gone bankrupt. Maybe your story is that you've been fired from a job. Maybe your story is that you've been uh, uh, pushed out and kicked out of the house by your family. Maybe you've been separated from a spouse. Maybe you've got a child who is wayward. Maybe you've got a child who is away from the Lord and, and that weighs on you and, 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 and you feel like you're a failure and you feel like you did something wrong. By the way, let me tell you this. There comes a point when young people have to make the decision for themselves. And as parents, you teach them and you train them and you love them. But there comes a point when they're going to have to decide to follow Jesus for themselves. But maybe that's your problem. Maybe your problem is that you're broken. Maybe the problem is that you're depressed. Maybe the problem is that you're so sick and you can't seem to get answers and it seems like nothing is helping. I don't know what your problem is, but I want to tell you this. We all have problems. And Mary Magdalene was not an exception. Mary Magdalene had a big problem, a problem that only Jesus could heal. But Mary Magdalene's story was not over yet. Mary Magdalene brought her life to Jesus and she said, Jesus, I can't do anything. I need you. And Jesus took the pen and Jesus took the pages and Jesus wrote a beautiful story of Mary Magdalene's life. And here we are now at the end of the Gospel of John and we see that Mary is devoted and Mary is following Jesus and Mary's life has been changed. That was her story. Secondly, I want you to see her situation. The Bible tells us in Matthew 27 that Mary was the last one to leave after Joseph of Arimathea had gotten the body of Jesus and had placed it in the tomb. Mary was still there. Yes, she was there at the cross, but she waited until Jesus' body was placed in the tomb. Now here we are Sunday morning. The Sabbath is past and she's there Sunday morning early while it was still dark. And she comes to that tomb for the purpose of anointing the body of Jesus and giving him a proper burial. She was coming to show her reverence and to show her respect and to show her love. Even though she thought Jesus was dead, she was coming to care for his body. She was the first one to show up on that Sunday morning. We see after the other disciples went their way, she was the one that stood and was still waiting there at the tomb trying to figure things out. But here's her situation. Her situation is that she was seeking Jesus. Can I tell you, I hope that's your situation today. And maybe you say, I can't find him. 
Maybe you're struggling, maybe you're trying and you've done everything you know how to do and you've read the books about self-helps and you've read the books about being a better person and having a greater self-esteem and you've tried and you've set goals and you've set resolutions and you've made commitments and you've made promises and you just feel like you just can't get the victory. Well, I want to tell you the answer for the victory is to find Jesus. The answer is Jesus. He is the victory in your situation today. I hope you're seeking Jesus. She was looking for Jesus. When she sees that the stone is rolled away and she realizes that the body is gone, she says, I've got to find him. That's why she asked the gardener, who she thought was the gardener, hey, can you just tell me where he is? I've got to find Jesus. Now I want to tell you, friend, this morning, you've got to find Jesus. You've got to find him every day. Yes, you find him when you get saved and you have eternal life and you have a home in heaven. But salvation is not just something that you get your fire insurance and then you forget about Jesus. Salvation is that you become born again. You become a child of God. And then there ought to be a desire to know him. There ought to be a desire to seek him. There ought to be a desire to find Jesus. She was looking for Jesus. But then I see number three, her sorrow. It says in verse 11, that she was standing at the sepulcher weeping. It says that she wept and she stooped down and she looked in. It says in verse 13, the angels asked her, they said, ma'am, why are you weeping? Jesus asked her, said, why are you weeping? Whom seekest thou? Her sorrow. Now I know that we know the rest of the story and we know that you should not be weeping when you find the empty tomb, that's actually something to rejoice about. And we're here on this Sunday morning, Easter Sunday morning, and we're not, we're not moping in here because Jesus is dead. We are coming in here rejoicing and celebrating because he is alive and he is not dead. Up from the grave, he arose. But Mary is weeping and she has sorrow because she's confused. She can't figure it out. She doesn't know where Jesus is and she can't seem to figure it out. Maybe you're here today and you've been saved, but maybe you've gotten away from the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you've been saved and you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, but maybe you have become backslidden. Maybe you don't read the Bible like you used to. Maybe you don't pray like you used to. Maybe you don't go to church like you used to. Maybe you don't love God and the things of God like you used to. Can I tell you? There ought to be some sorrow. There ought to be a realization that something is wrong. Uh, I think sometimes in life, people go through life and they got problems and they don't even realize it. Well, can I tell you, the first step to fixing a problem is to realize that you have one. And if you're here today and you've gotten away from the Lord, that's a problem. But today, maybe you're here and you say, I've never found Jesus. I've never been saved. If I were to die today, Pastor, I'll have to be honest with you, I have no idea where I'd spend eternity. Can I tell you, I hope, and as kindly as I know how, I want to say this, I hope and I pray that you have no peace and no rest until you get born again. Because how foolish it would be to go through life and carry on thinking everything's great and to die and to go into a place called hell and to realize that you never got saved and you never trusted Christ as Savior, that's reason to be sorrowful. That's reason to be emotional. That's reason to be torn up. And Mary was sorrowful because she couldn't find Jesus. 
I don't know what your problem is. I don't know what your situation is, but maybe you're here today and you've got some sorrow. I'll tell you this, Jesus can take care of your sorrows. Jesus Christ was called in the Old Testament, he was called a man of sorrows and one who was acquainted with grief. Jesus cares about your sorrow. Sometimes we're dismissive. Sometimes somebody's having a rough day and we say, ah, get over it. Oh, come on, just suck it up and you'll be all right. But aren't you glad that Jesus is there to help? Aren't you glad that Jesus comes and he says, hey, why don't you cast all your cares upon me? Because I care for you, her sorrow. But then I want you to see number four in this passage. I see her savior. She saw Jesus. She saw Jesus. She talked to Jesus. Jesus talked to you. It's almost as if in this passage, and I'm not trying to read into it, but it's almost as if Jesus dropped everything else he was doing and came back to this spot just to help Mary. Isn't that just like Jesus? You may be here and you may think, Pastor, nobody here even knows me. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody knows the situation I'm in. I don't even know if anybody cares. Wrong. First of all, I think some people do care. But even if nobody in this room cared, Jesus Christ cares. And Jesus Christ can help you and he can show up and he can take your life and he can take the broken pieces and he can put it back together and he can make something beautiful out of a life that has been broken. Mary saw her Savior, but it wasn't seeing him. Now, now stay with me. It wasn't seeing him that caused her to realize it was Jesus. Now you say, well, how in the world could she not recognize Jesus? Well, the last time she saw him, his body was coming down off the cross. The last time she saw him, his, his face was so marred that you couldn't even recognize that it was a human being. That was the last time she saw him. And, and by the way, let, let's, let's, let's be, be real. We do that sometimes. Have you ever been walking through the grocery store? And you walk right past somebody that you know and you don't even see them. You don't even realize it. That happens. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was at Oscar's and Peggy was over at the other table over there. And I sat the whole meal. I didn't even realize it or whatever until after. And I felt bad. I said, I'm so sorry to even see you there. But I will tell you my secret. I, sh I probably shouldn't tell you. But my secret is if I ever go into Food Lion with my blue jeans and my t-shirt, and my ball cap. Ain't none of you recognize me. I, I, could walk, I could walk right past you. I could speak to you, and you wouldn't even know it's me. So I'm just saying we all do that, right? We, there's all times where maybe we're just we're, we're focused and we miss it. But here's the thing. She saw Jesus. He actually started talking to her. And she still didn't realize it. She said, well, well I'm just trying to find where, where his body is. And then Jesus says her name. Can I tell you, I'm glad that our Savior is a personal Savior. He doesn't say, hey, you. He doesn't just speak to a group. He doesn't just speak to a, a city or just speak to a community or just speak to a country or just speak to a state. I'm glad that he doesn't even just speak to a family. He comes right down to where you are and he wants to speak to you. And he knows your name. And he called her name. And Mary answered and said, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. 
That word is translated as Lord. And I want to tell you, when she saw Jesus, she said, you are Lord. And today I want to remind you that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's not just alive. He's not just risen, but he is King of kings and Lord of lords. And someday every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, her Savior. Notice with me, if you would, in verse number 17, Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. Now, I've, I've often heard this preached, and I'm not going to debate it, but I've often heard it preached that Mary was not allowed to touch Jesus at all because he still had to go to the Father and he had to present the blood on the mercy seat and all that. I'm not, I'm not arguing with that. But this phrase where Jesus says, Touch me not, Jesus is having to say, Mary, let go of me. It's almost like she's clinging to him. It's almost like she has got him wrapped up and she's like, Jesus, you are here. I'm not letting you go. And Jesus says, Mary, I've got to go. I'm on a mission. I've got to go to my father. And he said, and by the way, not only am I on a mission, but you're on a mission. I need you to go. And I need you to tell the disciples. Can I tell you, there was a desire to be with Jesus. And when you love somebody, you're going to have a desire to be with that person. And Mary said, Jesus, I can't let you go. Jesus, I got to be with you. And friend, I want to tell you, Jesus wants to be with you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants you to read his word. He wants you to come to him in prayer. Jesus loves you and he desires to have a relationship with you. Mary saw her Savior, she heard his voice. And then lastly, I want you to see her statement. It says in verse number 18 that Mary came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. She's not weeping anymore. She's not confused anymore. She's not struggling for answers anymore. She's got it all taken care of because she saw the Lord. And he spoke to her. You see, that's a great statement to make. To tell people, hey, I've seen the Lord. And I know that he changed my life. And I know he can change your life as well. I wonder what's your statement this week. I wonder what will be your statement this week with your words. What will be my statement with my words? I hope we'll talk a lot about Jesus this week. I hope we'll tell people how Jesus changed our lives this week. I hope we'll share it with our words, but I hope we'll share it with our actions. I hope we'll share it with our countenance. I hope people will see us and say, man, there's something different about that person. They're actually, they're not depressed. Most of the world right now is depressed, in case you didn't know. Most of the world's mad. Most of the world's looking for something to complain about. But as Christians, here we are on Easter Sunday, and we got reason to rejoice because Jesus Christ is alive. Let's make that statement loud and clear this week. I'll close with this. You may have seen the story this week. Brother Graham uh, sent it to me. I think it was on Friday and uh, shared it with me. And I saw it somewhere else too, but it was so good. The story is told of Billy Graham. At the end of his life, he was struggling with his memory, but he was asked to speak in Charlotte and as he was going to that meeting, they said, we're not going to ask you to speak very long. We just want you just to say a word of greeting and, and, and tried to keep it short is what they were doing. And 
Billy Graham got up to speak that day, and he was in his 90s at the time, and he began to speak, and he said, folks, he said, I know some of you are worried that I might be a little confused, and I might not know what's going on, he said, but he said, it reminds me of a story about Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein was on a train on his way to Princeton, and while he was on that train, the conductor came through, and the conductor was just asking to see the tickets for everybody that was on that train. They got to Mr. Einstein, and Mr. Einstein couldn't find his ticket. He was frantically looking in his pockets, and he got down. He was looking under a seat. He could not find his ticket. The conductor said, Dr. Einstein, don't worry about it. We know who you are, and we're sure you have a ticket. It's okay if you can't find your ticket. Albert Einstein replied to that conductor. He said, sir, I'm glad you know who I am. He said, I also know who I am. The problem is, I don't know where I'm going. And I need to find my ticket to remind me where I'm going on this train. And Billy Graham said after that, he said, friends, I want to tell you today, not only do I know who I am, but I know where I'm going. And if you're here today and you don't know where you're going, you don't know where you'll spend eternity, can I tell you, you don't have to leave that up to chance. You don't have to leave that up to, well, we'll just kind of wait and see. You can know today where you will spend eternity by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He's not just a good way. He's not just one of many ways. He's not just the way you probably ought to go. He is the only way. And if you're here today and you don't know where you're going, I want to encourage you to get that settled today. And then if you're here today and maybe you've forgotten who you are. Maybe you've been saved, you've been born again, but you've forgotten what you used to be before Jesus found you. Maybe today would be a good day to fall in love with Jesus again. Maybe today would be a good day like Mary to say, I'm going to seek until I find the Lord. If it takes weeping, if it takes extra time, if it takes extra effort, no matter what it takes, I'm going to fight and work and I'm going to focus until I find Jesus and until he becomes real in my life, until he becomes Lord again of my life. I don't know how God's speaking to you today, but on this Easter Sunday, I believe God is speaking. Would you listen and would you be responsive to what God has for you? Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.